Okay, guys, welcome back to Financial Flex with Lex. Let's change the way we talk about money. I'm your host, Alex, and happy Tuesday. All right, so as far as life updates go, once again, I don't have much. Um, I plan on paying off a loan this week, so that'll just leave us with two. Um, Other than that, I've just been doing shipped, trying to save up money for this upcoming trip, like I mentioned last week. Um, And yeah, just really trying to stay afloat, you guys. I'm really also trying to figure out like what brings me joy in the day to day. Um, I was having this conversation with a couple of people and I'm just trying to figure out like how to live my best life. And to me, that doesn't mean like vacationing in like a tropical spot, you know, every two months or blowing a bag at the mall. I'm just trying to figure out like what does that joy like look like because life is becoming a little monotonous and as the days go by quicker and as the weeks go by quicker and just life in general goes quicker I'm just trying to figure out like is this how I'm supposed to be living my life like is this really the most that I can get out of it so I'm kind of on that journey right now still trying to figure that out so yeah um today's episode I'm really really excited about it it's a little different um but it was inspired by two things so one is this Netflix documentary called I believe it's called Love Is and it follows six different couples around the world across the world so like one couple lives in the United States another couple lives in Uh, South Korea, another in Japan, one in Brazil, and then I believe the last one, they are an Indian couple and they live in India. But I didn't watch that one. I need to finish that one. So it follows these like six different like elderly, elderly, elderly couples. um, And just like, it's a very simple documentary about love and I love it so much. But the first one, the first episode, I guess you could say, they're Um, this couple Ginger and David and honestly I loved them so much but what I found to be really interesting was that during their I guess documentary or during their showing whatever they were sitting down and they were going over their will with I'm assuming it was their estate planner and I found that to be like so powerful like here are two people in their 80s you know planning for their end of life and you know they're the ones making the decisions like their children aren't making the decisions the state isn't making the decision like it's just them two going over what they want like down to who gets their assets how they are going to be um like what's the word like not buried but they both wanted to be cremated and they wanted their ashes to be you know put in two different spots like I think he wanted to be buried on his farm and she wanted to be buried with her parents kind of thing so just like making these decisions and making sure that those decisions were in the will and watching that I just could not stop thinking about how powerful that is because I personally I feel like a lot of times you don't see that you see you know the kids struggling to figure out what their parents want or what have you so I just thought that that was really cool um and then another thing that you know kind of sparked the idea for this episode was yesterday um they held a memorial for DMX for those of you who don't know who DMX is he um 
he was or he is a rapper um and he was like really big during like the early 2000s and like during the 90s he had like a really really cool and interesting voice but unfortunately he passed away a few weeks ago so they held his memorial service um in new york city at the Barclays center i believe but i saw this one snippet um from the shade room and it's of swiss beats and he which i found to be very interesting and i was like i don't know if this is like the right place to say to say this at a memorial but i was like i guess it's not as intimate as a funeral so i guess he, he could get away with it but he made mention of you know making sure that you have a will and i was like oh wow that's really important and so that kind of made me wonder I'm like huh I feel like he's saying this because DMX didn't have a will and now he has all these people coming out from the woodworks probably trying to profit off of his death unfortunately so I'm sure you can already know where I'm going with this and what today's episode is about today's episode is about wills and why they are important however I know that this isn't a topic that um it's interesting to a lot of people, so I thought that it would be interesting to share a story of what happens when you don't have a will. Um, and I just want to give a, a brief warning, like if he, this does deal with like murder and infidelity, and if that's something that you know is triggering for you, then you can just fast forward um, to the part where I am talking about why having a will is important. So you can just skip over the story. So before I dive into today's episode, don't forget to leave a five-star rating and review if you enjoy this podcast. Be sure to share it with your friends, share it with your mom, share it with your Sunday school teacher, literally whoever. I've noticed that my numbers this week have been astronomically bigger and I don't know why. I've been trying to look into the analytics, but I'm just going to assume it's because of you guys and sharing. So thank you. And okay, let's get into today's episode. On Sunday, July 5th, 2009, Wayne McNeely entered his Nashville condo that he was renting alongside his good friend Steve McNair. Once Neely was inside, he walked into a gruesome crime scene. McNair and his girlfriend, Sahel Kazemi, were slumped over on the couch. The cops were called immediately, and the crime scene was deemed a homicide. Well, actually, a murder-suicide. McNair had several gunshot wounds, while Kazemi only had a gunshot wound to her temple. At the time of his murder, Steve McNair was just a few years into retirement. Prior to retiring, he was an NFL player who played for the Tennessee Titans and Baltimore Ravens. It's estimated that over his 13-year career span, he had made $90 million, and this figure doesn't include endorsement deals from brands like Nike, Adidas, so on and so forth. McNair was also married. In 1997, he married Michelle, and they had two kids together, as well as um, McNair had two other children um, from other relationships. So it was sort of a blended family. Um, I couldn't find out if at the time of his murder, um, if him and Michelle were separated. All of the sources that I read stated that they were married. So McNair was having an affair with Sahel Kazemi. They met in either 
late 2008, early 2009 at Dave & Buster's where she was a waitress. Sayal was originally born in Iran and her and her family fled Iran because they were being persecuted for their faith. At the age of nine, her mom was actually murdered. The family moved to Turkey and then eventually landed in Florida. When Sahel was 17 years old, she dropped out of high school and moved to Tennessee with her then boyfriend. And life was pretty rough for her. She would be working two jobs just to make ends meet. So at the time of her and McNair meeting, it was kind of perfect. McNair really loved how independent Sahel was. Um, in an article that I read, it was stated that he really liked how even though when they would go to the mall, she would use her own money to buy things, even though, you know, he could very well provide those things for her. Um, she would just, you know, use her own money. And and he really liked that. And then also, Kazemi liked the fact that he was older they met when she was 19 he was 35 he was more established uh financially stable if you will so when it comes to relationships you know that the good times don't last forever and things started to happen that kind of made kazemi really stressed out so for starters um she was convinced or afraid that McNair was seeing another woman um, because she had seen a woman leave out of their condo and she actually followed that woman to her own house even though she never confronted her. Like I said, Kazemi was always working and money didn't really come easy for her and so at the time, her roommate was moving out of their apartment, leaving her to pay the rent. She also was paying not just her car note on her Kia, but also a Cadillac that she was gifted by McNair that the title was in both of their names. She was paying for that as well. So financially, she was feeling the pressure, feeling a little strapped for cash. And so all of these combined really just made her feel like her life was over and that her life was just honestly crap. And at 19, I can see why you would think all of these things as just the end of your world because you're 19. Like, what do you know at that age, you know? So she made the plan to unfortunately murder McNair and then kill herself seemingly you know solving the problem if I can't have him no one can and this will solve all of her financial issues so you're probably thinking okay Alex this episode is about wills so where is the will part here well that's the thing Steve McNair had drafts of wills he never signed them making them pretty much non-existent, which is an issue when you have a large fortune like he did. In addition to the money he made playing football, he had a 26-room mansion in Nashville. He also had McNair Farms, which was a 647-acre farm and house in Mississippi. Uh, it was pretty much a farm and ranching business. His estate was worth 19.6 million according to the research that I did and with him not having a will his assets were left to his wife and four children which is totally fine however Steve McNair purchased a home for his mom like any good son would once you you know start to come into some money 
However, the house was in his name. And so when he passed, Michelle McNair became the owner of that home. And so she started to ask his mom to pay rent. And of course, this wasn't a house that she was able to pay the rent for. And unfortunately, she had to leave. Now, I'm sure this isn't what Steve McNair had envisioned when purchasing the home for his mom, but because he passed away, he has absolutely no voice, which leads me into why it's so important for you to have a will, regardless of you being a celebrity or just a regular everyday person like you and me. So it's estimated that 50 to 70% of Americans don't have a will. So what is a will, you ask? A will is a legal document that transfers your assets at your death to a designated person or persons. Now, there are several kinds of wills. There's a testamentary will, mutual will, holographic will, a verbal will, pretty much all ways for you to list out how you want your things handled for after you pass. So at its core, wills take care of a few things. They make decisions about your estate and who receives your assets. So who gets that 1964 blue Camaro? Who gets your 2000 Beanie Baby collection? Things like that. Um, It also takes care of what will happen to your remains, who will care for your kids or your pets if you have any, things like that. So pretty important stuff that you want to, you know, have set in place for when you're not here if you think about it when you go on vacation and you need someone to water your plants um, take care of your dog change the litter box uh, for your cat you have someone right so a will is kind of like that it's making sure that all of your wishes are outlined so nobody gets crazy and does something that you don't want them to do after you pass So there are a few basic things to cover when creating a will. The first thing is naming an executor. So an executor is a trusted person who you want to carry out your wishes. So whether it's paying outstanding bills, canceling credit cards, things like that, you want to make sure that it's a responsible person and someone that you trust because, you know, these are very responsible things. You don't want someone to be out here charging up credit cards that you can't, you know, pay off. Also in your will, you want to clarify how your property is to be distributed. So in the Love Is documentary, the um, couple, if one were to die before the other, then that spouse would get all of their property. If they were both to die, then it would just be passed off to their children. So that's pretty much what it means. So if you were to pass away, who would get all of your things? Who would get some of your things? Do you want it to be donated to charity? Do you want it all to be burned to the ground? Things like that. Another basic to cover is guardianship. So this doesn't apply to everyone, but if you have kids, if you have pets, who do you want taking care of your children, your pets when you pass away? I think that is such an important thing to note because obviously you don't want to be handing off your children or your pets to someone who you absolutely would never give your kids to in, you know, while you're alive. So what happens if you don't have a will well you're pretty much just leaving it up to the courts to decide and let me tell you they don't have your best interest at heart they just want this to be one and done and usually when things go to probate it kind of takes a while so why not make it simple and just 
create a will. So there are a few things that you need to do on your end to make sure that having a will is, you know, smooth and seamless. Uh, Make sure you're keeping records of all of your debt and your assets. So things like mortgages, student loan payments, car payments, things like that. Make sure those are all kept in one place so the executor knows where everything is once you've passed away. Um, You're probably like, okay, but how do I write a will? Do I just like put it on a composition notebook and that's that? I mean, you could do that. Apparently, Aretha Franklin had a couple wills that were just like handwritten and apparently like you couldn't really read what it was saying because the handwriting was ineligible and also it was like one of the wills was found like sandwiched in between couch cushions so I mean it doesn't seem like the best way to do things but you can if you want um obviously we live in the digital age so you can create a will online there's softwares for you to do it um or you can just have a lawyer do it which I imagine would be a little expensive because lawyers are expensive but that is another way for you to have a will um as your life changes make those changes and update it in your will. So let's just say you create a will when you're 25 and five years passes by and you're 30 and you're married with two children. Update your will to reflect that, to include your spouse, to include your two children. Um, Because there have been cases where people have created wills and you know 30 40 years go by and they've you know remarried five times they have like 10 kids but they only have their first wife and the first two children of that marriage on the will and that causes a whole bunch of issues so as your life changes make sure you update your will When I was doing research for this episode, it surprised me how many celebrities did not have wills. People like Prince, Amy Winehouse, they didn't have wills and they have like, you know, massive fortunes. And I can just only imagine the people coming out of the woodworks trying to get a piece of their hard earned money and, you know, the rightful people who deserve, you know, those assets being like what the heck this is so stressful people like Martin Luther King Jr. also didn't have a will which I just find to be so mind-blowing because not only does your will protect your you know tangible assets but it also protects like intellectual property fine art things like that where you can just get really finite and down to the nitty-gritty so I understand that right now like I'm 27 and optimistically you know I'll live for another 67 77 whatever I'll just live to be you know really old you don't really think about dying young um and this episode has even shown me like oh wow like maybe I need to write a will because even though I don't have millions of dollars sitting in the bank I do have things like a car I have a dog like where do all my clothes go? Things like that. I'm kind of like, oh, maybe it is good to kind of list that list that stuff out. But also more importantly, like, what do I want to happen to me if I'm incapacitated? Like, or how do I want to be buried? Like, do I want to have like a coffin or do I want to be cremated? Things like that. I'm like, oh, wow. Like, maybe I should make a will um, just to have it. Honestly, it doesn't hurt. It's not like I'm saying I'm dying tomorrow. Not at all. Um, It's just making sure that I'm prepared. And as I build wealth, I want to be able to be smart and be able to 
tell whoever is executing my wishes this is how I want my money to be handled because you work hard for your money and the last thing you want is to you know have all of this wealth essentially in the hands of someone who absolutely has no idea what they're doing and will just squander it all in 2.5 seconds that is not okay so I hope this episode if anything gets you thinking about creating a will I know I will be talking with John so hey John if you're listening about creating one just so that we can be very clear about what each other wants it's not like you know the happiest topic to ever talk about but it's something that's necessary and needs to be done all right guys well that is all for today's episode i do just want to mention um this is me as i'm listening back to the episode and i realized that i made two little slip-ups so his name is wayne neely um the friend that found mr mcnair deceased and also i said that aretha franklin's handwriting was ineligible which i don't think you can use that word for that context so it wasn't legible just wanted to point those two mistakes out before someone calls me out and says that i sound stupid but (laughs) for real guys thank you for listening if you haven't followed me on instagram let's talk about the show let me know your thoughts um, at financial flex podcast and i'll talk to you guys later